Welcome to the Legendarium. We are the blue team. And, and today we are going to be talking about Twilight. They wow. don't know this, but what? we have given up the expanse because I don't want to talk about it anymore. Pay no attention to is this so girl Twilight. Right here. Is that because this ah. is the Twilight of the expanse? Oh, well done, Ken. Nicely done. I think it's because the I think it's because the elder gods. I don't know how to take that. Sparkle. Like, do you mean that like that this is the end, as in the twilight? Yeah, yeah. Or do you mean like this was so bad, as in wow. the twilight? Wow! <laughs> Holy mackerel! I meant the sparkly non-vampire part. We're not no. even through the intro, and wow, that's good, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. She's been holding back on us all this time. Shots today. Ken is we the one that said that it was the twilight of the expanse. I was just clarifying, knowing everyone's opinion about Twilight, whether he meant that this was the end of the expanse, going by the true meaning of mm -hmm. Twilight, or if he was meaning that no one likes the Twilight books, and so this is the Twilight, Twilight of the expanse. The piece that nobody likes? No one both. likes. I would have actually picked, like, books four through nine is the Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> How many books are there? Eight. Nine. Oh, nine. Okay. nine. There's nine. You guessed correctly on that. And That's, you've read them all. I have. I have listened <laughs> to them all. Some of them, sadly, more than once. Well. But you got here. You got we, here. You, you, you got across the, the finish go. line. Yes, this I did. the finish line. It took me two weeks to get through all 15 books of Wheel of Time. And this has felt like 15 years. Trying to get through nine books of The Expanse. Um, I'm not looking it up, but I wonder when our first two episode years? was. I think it's been two years. Not two nine years. years. Not quite <laughs> nine years. No, not quite nine. But a lot less than how many weeks? Two. Two weeks. It took me two weeks to get through The Wheel of Time. What were you listening to it on? What speed? Um, The time that I... Because it took me three and a half weeks the first time I listened to it. And that was on two point something. Oh my word! And then I list like that was at like two, and then I listened to it at two point four the second time I got through in two weeks. Okay, I am not doing it at that speed when I listen to it, and I will have other things to do than listen because I know you were using that as kind of background noise, weren't you? I was listening to it while I worked, and yeah. I sew. So yeah. at that we're point, going to talk about everything but the expanse today because <laughs> I don't want to talk about the expanse. So I'm just going to keep bringing up tangents that's until because, we hit the hour mark and then they're going to be like and now the episode's over <laughs> you're so sad that it's over i do i just want to keep that's going why. you want to keep it alive and going yes and going staying alive hey you know who else who else is still alive detective miller is he <laughs> is he though oh i love detective miller if you wanted back. to say like guess who's still alive and you said amos i would have believed you i would have taken that, that too I that taken detective that. miller not so much yeah i just want to really out. died in book one he did yeah well yeah but He's, i just want to point out that it was like the easiest prediction to make in all of prediction hood that miller was coming oh, back come oh on. yeah like yeah. he wasn't coming back yeah. yeah we needed him i can't even take a win on that one that one was just too easy it was it was i'm not sure it was broadcast i'm not sure it was it was foreshadowed but i think it was i i think it was one of those moments where they said to themselves as they were writing what is one thing that we could do that the that the entire group of people all you know 15 or 20 that like these books uh because obviously you didn't so that may you know speak bonds, i really right? truly believe in all honesty that i am in the minority about liking these books Please don't hate me. At least the minority of those of us on this. We're not liking this these books. <laughs> I will say it again. I say it every episode. These are not bad books. I just don't like them. And you don't have to ever say it again. Yeah, you don't. I'm going to keep reiterating that these are. It's good writing. They're good characters. <laughs> oh, that's right. I got to lean in. Yeah, and Ken is giving me coaching. <laughs> they're good books. If you like science fiction, like Todd obviously does, <laughs> read the books. I just uh, don't like science fiction. Non-localized, non-propagating events. <laughs> <laughs> I think the best part of all of this is that me and Todd have been sitting next to each other for all of these episodes. So you get my weird like face of what in the crap are we talking about? And Todd's like giddy, crazy face of yeah. being like utterly excited about something. Yeah. I love it. I do and too. you get to see it both at the same time. Like you don't have to keep <laughs> passing back and forth. 
between Talk about two sides of a coin. Yeah, we're we're just gonna sit here. And <laughs> yeah, fun stuff. Well, we uh, obviously we've already gone through the time that we normally spend talking about housekeeping. If you're here, you already know about housekeeping. Ken, yeah. Do you have a recap? I for pretty us? much just gave it. I think you know Miller came back. What what else is there to say? I, oh, and and Holden becomes the new Julie Mao. It all comes back around. And how many uh, how many callbacks did we have? I lost count. I couldn't count that high. I love that Ken said that he really didn't have a recap, and now he's like, and, and, and. Yeah. It's always funny when he says, I have no recap. And what that means is, then we I have, have a no recap. organized recap. I have so many things to say. Oh, yeah, pretty much that. And uh, how about the entire, all of humanity going, oh, I guess it was a good idea to team up in the first place to take on this super demon proto-molecule eater thing and now here we are because they're all teamed up going this is what we should have done books ago i'm pretty sure they said books too because why not so should have been yeah sure because duarte's got himself an army of like-minded controlled you know mindless automatons you know he thinks this is a good idea because that's the way to keep the monsters at bay and he probably is right but also that whole you know free will thing that plagues the pesky, pesky humans you know? human yeah. tends to like their yeah. free will and agency so yeah so here Something we are about that i know yeah kind of weird and in the end the way to solve to way the to uh protect humanity is the way it has always been destroy the rings close the door on the aliens and put jim holden in place as the keeper at the door at the gate <laughs> come on it was coming. Uh, you know, it was going to start a murder primates not, and look what we do with it. I don't really even feel like he's the keeper of the gates. He's just like, because they destroyed it all. Yeah. They're the gate. There's no keeper of the gates. Cause the gates aren't there anymore. Yep. Yep. He is like gone. They, he there. Yeah. Is as gone. far as we know. Until they decide 10 years from now to write another one. Yep. And, <laughs> and 13, you'll be on board, right? Yeah. I'm going to be here reading that book about Jim and when he visits Amos million years in the future that's right that's right uh, and 1298 independent systems are now all on their own because we had to close the doors naomi and alex or naomi and amos all go right, back right, to right, earth right, right. we're at the and end alex we're all at the end why don't we why don't we talk a little bit about how we got there all right there's a few things that might be kind of interesting to talk about so i have to admit i listened to this yesterday like it's fairly fresh on my mind I don't really remember anything other than the end. <laughs> like, you can be like, oh, yeah, there's all these important things. And I was like, I don't remember anything important that happened until we got to the end. It I don't. All, I really, I it, don't feel like anything, like, crazy exciting happened. No, it all becomes a crazy amalgam of we've just got to smash all this together because it's all happening at once. Duarte is doing this, and we all got to team up to keep him from doing that. And it, yeah, it's like a 24 chapter mash of things until we get to the very end. So, so you're you saying so much happened that I can't remember any of it, yeah. as opposed to nothing happened and I can't remember any of it. If you were con connected to Duarte's mind network, I'm sure you could understand it. <laughs> I'd have like 50 billion other people in my head. I don't think I'd understand anything. Yeah. So. There Except how many of those people agree with you. Okay. And how many don't. Let's start with this. Talking about agreeing <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, we don't. Remember how we talked about how unhinged uh, Tanaka was? And now we get to see her with like 11 billion voices in her head. And we get to see just how kind of unhinged she is. There's a difference between, uh, 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 between Tanaka trying to control everything about her secrecy life and Tanaka saying, fine, my secrets are out in the open. I'm going to take it out on everybody I can find. This woman is, I'm not, I'm not sure interesting is the word that I would use for Tanaka, but a, a, a textbook case in why coping strategies are really important to learn early in life <laughs> because yeah. Holy crap! Uh, the for me the whole the whole you know having other people in the head and and saying oh I you know I I'm remembering Bottom Bottom Button whatever his name was uh, s tasting some whiskey uh oh I hope he wasn't in my head thinking about the things that I was thinking <laughs> oh, about oh right right and then 
the next thing we know, she's like, I need to have my face reconstructed. So she's getting her face reconstructed. She's listening to the other guy. The doctor comes in and, and she says, how's, you know, how's the other guy? Oh, he's not my patient. And the next thing we know, the doctor's bloodied. She's standing on top of him. And did I ask you if he was your patient? And I'm like, (laughs) I know people like this. (laughs) I have to admit for the longest time until like the doc, because the doctor was like, who are you talking about? And I was like, oh, she's imagining people now. That's what I thought too. (laughs) Is what I thought is that she'd been talking to this other patient that wasn't actually there. And then the doctor was like, oh, he's not my patient. I was like, okay, so he does exist. She's not that crazy. I mean, she's crazy, but she's not that crazy. (laughs) But it could have been, I mean. How fun would that have been to like, everybody's got a little Miller 17 in their head, you know, or 400. Yeah. 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 Or however many it takes to make you go over the edge. I don't know. How does it feel, Todd? You always tell me you're listening to the voices. So (laughs) I only have 12. Okay. uh, And most of them like you. All of them disagree with you, except for one. There was one that said, she's onto something on this one. Yeah, see? (laughs) <laughs> okay, I was just I was like I know that Todd once, always listens to the voices in his head. Once so. you get them all ta- once you get them all talking about the same thing, relatively easy to direct. <laughs> <laughs> it's when they start talking about new things, that's when things become a problem. In fact, I have several students in my classes that they will see me they will see me have this moment of disassociation where I'll go like um and one of them will go Oh boy, here we go. The voices are talking again. And I said, yes, and they're angry with you for being snarky. <laughs> I wish I was joking. Listeners, I am not. Todd actually will comment about listening to the voices in his I, head. I do. I do on occasion. Now, it is not because I'm going to look directly into the camera right now so that <laughs> some of them are not uncomfortable. It is not because I am in a position where I'm requiring large doses of antipsychotics. <laughs> it is because I have found that people give me time to have my thoughts and then express them. If I say just a moment, the voices are talking, they get scared (laughs) and they're silent. And that's what I need for a couple of seconds. Otherwise, if I stand there and I kind of, they assume that I've had a seizure and they go on with everything that they're talking about. And I never get an opportunity to finish the thought. So thank you. Thank you for letting me have the You're opportunity welcome. to say this Somebody. to the entire world and the great big internet. It's not the, the entire world. I mean, not, not yeah, everyone listens I guess to us. The everyone should. System and Somebody is going to get so pissed and offended that we are making fun of disassociative identity disorder. It is it and, probably my daughter. Yeah. Um, but and also, is, we should really read Legion sometime by Brandon Sanderson. <laughs> I think that's, that's a good idea. And that's, that on the list. that's an interesting book. Okay. Uh, I, I don't think it's making fun, though. I think it is. I think these guys have done a really good job uh, of trying to express what happens when that kind of situation occurs. Um, the The interview that Tanaka has with the uh, psychiatrist, oh, yeah. when she says, I want a psyche eval, um, I was uh, I, I was very impressed I mean, we've all seen enough television shows or movies where there's a therapist in it, and so we kind of kind of have an idea. We have a script yeah. for how therapies and therapists work. Um, this one was really very well done. It was very well constructed. But for me, the moment that was really cool about the whole thing was not the initial engagement. It was the engage. It was it was the next day when she walks into the doctor's lounge. She walks up to the receptionist and says, "Where's Doctor So and So?" She's not available at the moment. If there was an emergency going on, how would you get a hold of her? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so she goes in and she sees her and she's and she's and she looks at her and she goes, "It happened to you, didn't it?" And she's like, "Yes." <laughs> <laughs> um and and we got a moment and and for me, I guess this was one of those moments where I went, "Huh." So maybe listening to the voices isn't so bad when Tanaka, after raiding the pharmacy on the station and taking all the pharmaceuticals Mm -hmm. so that everybody else is going to be victim to Duarte's heavy handed mind control, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. um, She goes into the doctor and she hands her a pack of the pills and she says, we'll I'll I'll do what I can. (laughs) 
And I was like, wow, human connection. All it takes is threatening her entire sanity with <laughs> complete overwhelm. And she becomes a, for a moment, a kind person to, okay, so she's least, not a kind person. And at she's least never considerate. Only to the one person that looks like she cares. Sure. And I think that was, at least for me, that was one of the things that I took away is that when somebody finally cared about her more than as a tool, more than as a, uh, an instrument of destruction or tracking or any of those kinds of things, when they cared about her as a person, she can respond appropriately. It's just that most of the time she is just, in fact, they, um, she makes mention of that when they get into the, when they get into the central area and she sees Duarte and she's like, this is what I gave up my whole life for this. Yeah. And just goes murder <laughs> primate on him. It was pretty awesome. I thought <laughs> anyway, it was good punching. <laughs> what did, Stephanie what did agrees. You think about the, you're nodding your head. Is that the. Yep. <laughs> okay. Were there any other cool scenes, Ken? Um, I really quick. I was impressed that Tanaka had the presence of mind to say, "I need a psyche valve," because most people in her position would be like, "I'm good. I don't need a psyche valve. I don't need any of this. I can handle it myself." And she said, "Matter of factly, not like, you know, breaking down or help me. I'm a victim. Just I need a psyche valve." Yeah. And the uh, and the psychiatrist that she was seeing said, you know, your entire life, all you do is kind of close your close things off, get your teeth and get through it. And you probably could, but you really, really shouldn't do it that way. Yeah. So that was that was good of her. Yeah. Um, I it, it is seriously all blends. I mean, it by the time we get to the point where where everybody is hearing each other's voices. Uh, you know, where where everybody kind of went Dutchman and then came back from being Dutchman and all the, the lights turn on. It just kind of all spirals into one gigantic sequence. And there really aren't a lot. Of, there's not a lot of separation in the last 20, how many, 24 chapters. You know what I mean? It, it, it really is just one big steamroll after another. And so uh, I let's talk about uh, Amos getting a look into the dreamer state and coming back out. And being so Amos, even though he's still, you know, proto Amos, comes out and talks to Elvie and says, we're not doing that again. And he's got the reasons for it. And part of it is we're protecting the girl. But part of it is this is a colossally bad idea because Duarte or or the proto molecule eaters or whatever can use this, you know, to their advantage also. And but I just I love that scene because I, you know, I just. I didn't catch Amos being that insightful. I think he was just, uh, for me, it was just, he's falling back to the state of saying, no, you've manipulated a child. Yeah. And I've been in situations like this before where people manipulated children and you say they're into it and you say all these kinds of things, you justify it all these ways. No, we're done. And Elvie's like, okay. Yeah. (laughs) When, when Amos looks at you and says, you're done. You're, you're done. done. I think Elvie just needed someone to say that to her. It yeah. Real, I don't necessarily think it had to be Amos. I think it, I mean, obviously it had to be Amos because he was the one that understood. But I think if anyone came up to her and said, no, we're over. And matter of factly just stated it. Yeah. yeah. Not questioned her or gave her any like leeway about it. Just said, no, I don't think, I don't think she's far enough off the rails. She's a good person. She saw the the potential and what she was doing and it just took someone else to say no say we're, we're done with we're this. done this yeah. this is over this is not helpful we're past where yeah Fias has that moment where they have the conversation uh-huh but he kind of buys into it yeah oh, yeah we're protecting all of human life so i guess it's okay and he's uncomfortable with it and he has the conversation with holden too where he says hey We've gone so far beyond ethics and all that other kind of stuff. They would they would absolutely lock us away forever. Mm-hmm. But at least it's us. Yeah. And not uh what's his bucket? Ochida or whatever. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Ochida, yeah. Ochida. Uh, or any of the other any of the other Laconian uh you know, uh, <laughs> what is he what is it that Jim calls him? Oh, Duarte found a way to make uh, to make jackbooted uh, totalitarianism sound quaint and, and oh yeah and, yeah and a good idea I was yeah no um, 
uh, and Cortasa. Uh, thank you, Brain, for finally finding that name. Uh, yeah, we 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 get a we get a view of them where it's like, does, how much does the ends justify the means? And they yeah. go through this over and over again. And Laconia seems to be built on the idea that the ends justifies the means. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and Amos comes in and says, no, it doesn't. And, Not ever. And it took almost nine books, but we finally get a scene where Amos is truly scared and truly in pain and truly, you know, getting... I don't want to say getting his because it, he doesn't like necessarily deserve it, but but he he finally has come across something that that causes him real suffering and pain and torment. Yeah, when he does that so, dive into the machine, yeah, to try and find Duarte, not not into the and it was interesting the difference that they had between the two, uh, the dive into the library where mm-hmm. all the information is okay, you know, yeah, that was interesting, but you know whatever. But the dive into the machine and trying to fight that, nope, we're yeah. gonna push back. Um, what an what an interesting contrast that the way that the two structures were designed could have a different kind of an mm-hmm. impact when you do those kinds of things. I thought that was uh, nice writing, and because we're all kind of expecting, oh, this is going to be a nice little thing. He's going to get in. It's it's like computer hacking, but with a brain. And yet, no, yeah, no. no. Well, maybe it is. Maybe that is what happens when firewalls go up and people's data gets corrupted. I don't know, but. Tron hey. would be able to tell us. I love Tron. Tron's a good show. <laughs> but anyway, of that's... A for you? No. Okay. I have to do better. Yep. Can we talk more about Tron? Is that... No, let's not. <laughs> Maybe later. I At wish the that... after party. I wish there were more sequels of Tron. How about that? <laughs> Stephanie, I'm stalling for you. That's all I'm doing. I liked Tron. Hey, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Any other scenes that you guys or or... Uh, portions of the books, setups from the book that you said, okay, I'm glad I was there for the, I'm looking at you because I'm wondering <laughs> I'm if serious, there's like, any. I'm sitting here I am trying to think of anything that like stands out to me and it's not like I read this last week and I've done a lot of stuff it, I read this yesterday and I cannot think of anything I had a moment where I was I was wondering after because Jim takes over Duarte's place as kind of like the mind yeah, the controlling, of, the controlling, yeah, the controlling mind of the the station and stuff. And I was like trying to decide if I cared that he died or if it was like a warranted. Like not that I don't care about Holden. Like that's not how I meant that. It was more like you've just sat here and you've read nine books with him as a central character. Mm-hmm. As a reader, usually you get attached to your characters that way. And I'm sitting here going, okay, there are like when Bobby died. I felt like that was a deserved earned death for her. It was sure. well written. She went out fighting. Like I felt like I felt good about that. So I was sitting here trying to debate, okay, did the way things end with Holden, did I feel like it was justifiable, a good thing, like a good way to end his character, a good way to end the story. And the more I got thinking about it, and I was like, I wonder if Tanaka had taken his place instead. Oh, can you imagine? But then I got thinking, I was like, cause that would have been better. Like the initial thought of this happening. Like I was like, that would have made me happier. And then Jim could have escaped with Teresa and things would have been grand and he could have had his fancy ending with Naomi because I'm all about the happy ending. And then I sat there more and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Going off of what you were just saying about what happens when the wrong person gets in control. I was like, that would have ended really badly. <laughs> Can you imagine all like, of the different people that would all kill James Holden, I was like, Holden at the same time. Holden yeah. at least understood what needed to happen. What had happened to the the protomolecule builders in the first place and leaving the station there, leaving yeah. the rings there, and what that allowed that the, the killers to come back into the world. Yeah. He understood that it all needed to be destroyed. Yeah. I'm sitting here going, I don't think Tanaka would have had that, that mindset, that, that peace of mind kind of thing where that was the decision she would have made. So really my brain eventually got to the point where, okay, I, I'm still not really content with how it ended. Yeah. I think it's kind of, I don't know. I thought it was kind of stupid, but again, I'm a happy ending kind of person. And so for, for him to die and Naomi after everything that they have gone through, it just annoyed me. So I like, it ended and I was like, 
okay, I can see where the writers got here. Like, I see how I got here, like, with this ending, but I don't really love it. I don't feel yeah. great finishing the book. It wasn't kind of like, oh, that was a... I mean, I've had those TV shows that you've just spent, like, 15 seasons watching, and then they screw it up on the very last episode, and you're like, what the... <laughs> I don't know if I feel that strongly about this, but 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 at but it's least, like yeah, not in the area of oh that was nice. It's not yeah. something I I would because I have series that I watched the entire thing. I'm gonna go off some weird tangents. Just I don't know if this is gonna explain any of it. Um, big Supernatural fan. I watched okay. all seasons of Supernatural. Got to the very final episode where you actually find out what happened to um, Dean and Sam. It is the lamest stupidest most upsetting ending to a 15 series show i have ever watched and i have never been able to watch the series again because mm. i know that that's the end i'm going to get to where i have mm. other shows i love bones and i love mm. criminal minds that are also 15 ish seasons long and sure. i have rewatched those series over and over and over again because i get to the end and i feel like my characters that I I am in love with are okay. And they're getting to a place where their life is going to go on. And I can see, imagine it in my head if the series had continued where things would be and that they, they're moving on with life. And so I can rewatch those. I would, I feel this way, not that I have a strong desire to read these books again for multiple reasons. But when you have this many books and you are delving into these characters and falling in love with these characters. And I can say this, like any book series that has especially multitudes of books that you invest a lot of time into. Yeah. For me, I got to the end of this and went, Oh, <laughs> this is how, okay. This is where you've decided to end this. Okay. I don't have like a strong desire to be like, Oh, I love these characters so much. I want to relive this experience with them again because of where it ends. Mm hmm. What about you, yeah. Ken? Remind me of the question. I, I'm, a lot, I'm, I'm pretty much with Stephanie. I've, I thought, I don't know if the ending left me lacking necessarily. I don't know. I don't know if this is the right way to put it, but I kind of felt like this was the kind of ending we were heading for all along where Jim is going to make the noble sacrifice and save humanity by doing something. We are not surprised. No, not at all. Cause he was, you know, the galaxy's last boy scout and he has been for nine books and 50 years or whatever <laughs> we've been through. So we are not surprised at all that he makes this choice. The noble sacrifice. No, he's always, he's always headed there. And now here he is getting to spend eternity as a blob of goo with Miller you know, you're telling me you don't want to see another series of the adventures of Holden and Miller bickering for the next, you know, millennia or whatever. I, I would love to hear more of his gnomish cop stories. <laughs> um, I and and I guess I'm really at a different place from both of you because this was for and maybe not a different place necessarily, but maybe a different sentiment around it. I really felt like this was the unavoidable kind of end for Holden and it was the end that he was destined for all yeah. of the other actions that he had ever taken he almost has to sacrifice himself and there's a little sliver of opportunity for him to get away with it and he cheats death how many different times um and and when we finally get to a spot where he has to come to grips with doing this you know there's a moment where he's talking to Miller uh, in his head, uh, inside the station. And Miller said, you knew this was a one-way trip. You knew you weren't getting out of this one. And he's yeah. like, well, I was kind of hoping. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I found myself at a couple of moments going, you know, you could, you could set it up and, and take control just long enough to push the, the, the elder gods away and then race your, no, you really can't because all of the things that made it possible for you to do that, you're going to die. And that's all there is to it. So, and he already stuck himself with protomolecule goo. He was pretty he, much done. He anyway. was toast from that point forward. Um, but he was toast with a purpose. And I guess for me, that idea that, and I'm, I'm not going to say, Hmm, 
Uh, I'm not going to say that I saw any kind of religious iconography. Icono iconic iconography? Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Uh, although it was certainly there if you wanted to see it. Uh, I'm not going to say anything about uh, mythological constructs, although it was certainly there if you want to see it. Uh, but I... But I found myself saying, okay, so this is, in fact, there was the, there's a, the quote that he says at the end. Um, I actually wrote down quotes this time. So oh. yeah, hard to believe uh, because they were that, they were that powerful for me at least. He, uh, when he says, I absolutely believe that people are good on balance, uh, that are more good on balance than bad. He said, all the wars, all the cruelty and the violence, I'm not looking away from any of that. And I still think there's something beautiful about being what we are. History is soaked in blood. The future probably will be too. But for every atrocity, there's a thousand small kindnesses that no one noticed. A hundred people who spent their lives loving and caring for each other. A few moments of real grace. Here's an individual who knows how, how really, truly horrible we can be to each other. And he'd prefer that we go on having that balance of big bads and small goods rather than be dominated by a single mind just so that we can have the blessing of interstellar travel. Um, a moment where he talks to, to Miller and he, and he has this, because this is the other thing that I thought was so, that I loved about that last little bit, uh, or one of the pieces, when he says that he sees for a moment what humanity could be if they could all get on the same page. And how glorious it could be. And then he realizes that it's not, there's not even a chance for that. And Miller's kind of there and he says, yep, that's what you get. If you're going to have a place among the stars, you got to give up your humanity to do it. What, a, what an interesting set of questions, an interesting set of, of um, uh, opportunities and insights. And Holden just says, well... Somebody's going to have to die, so it might as well be me <laughs> again. <laughs> and um, and I, I was left feeling very not comforted, uh, not satisfied, but very much at peace with it. I felt very much at peace with it, so I don't know. All right. Maybe it's because I'm a sick human being. I don't know. You were, um, you were reconciled to it. I really was. I you also okay liked the books way more than I think I, me and Ken did. I so. really did, especially as we got further. I'm not saying Ken did not. Like I was going to say I I liked this plenty. I might have stumbled at the end a little. But bit. But are you really on the same book. level as Todd? Oh no. I'm, See, okay, that that was the point made <laughs> yeah. there. It's not that you were on my level. No, yeah. but you are certainly not on Todd's level either. I could well, be in the middle. That's and fine. the interesting thing for me was closer it, to Todd's level. Yeah. It started as. This hard science fiction series. And I really enjoyed it. And when we get to the end, it's a real metaphysical morality play. And I loved it. I loved the way those two things were juxtaposed. <laughs> so, <laughs> Stephanie did too. I did. Uh, any other scenes or should I share another one that I found? I, Since we're talking about the end here and all that, I was dissatisfied with uh, the way Naomi ended up. And what I mean by that is I feel like once the resistance kind of fell apart, her whole purpose in the rest of this book just kind of was, eh. Well, the rest of her She's, life, eh. she has nothing. Like, she made such a name for herself as part of the resistance. And then she got Holden back. And then, like, all of a sudden, she has nothing. There yeah. was a moment that she made a comment that when Alex was choosing to go to a different system so he yeah. could be with Kit. And she said <sighs> that if I could do that with my son, I would. And I was like, but your son is alive. Maybe. You could have. Like, this was probably my biggest complaint about finishing the series is I feel like there are probably four to five books right in the middle that are completely pointless. The storyline, especially those that I, I love Naomi's story when you got to know more of her history and her family and her husband. What was the point of telling that story at all? Like you could have gotten us to the same place 
without this huge, massive middle story, because they finished off that story, because you're thinking, like, I was thinking, okay, this is, this is in- an interesting place to be. And then all of a sudden they jumped forward 30, 30 years, years or whatever it was. And now we have a different big bad and a different story. And they've gone in this other direction. And I was like, I feel like they just ignored the story they just told. Mm. And like, I get that there were bits and pieces of it because obviously we had to have the issues with Mars for Duarte to go off. But I feel like those could have happened in smaller moments instead of these books that we got, which aren't necessarily a bad story to tell. I just feel like they've, ignored those stories like we have all of this back history between like they've built all of these past relationships that as soon as you jump forward the 30 years they decided to just ignore they even existed Mm -hmm. like like with naomi's son okay yeah you've made a point to show that he did not die that was nice and then they've never mentioned him again they made some like all of a sudden, Alex has this family, and then it wasn't until the ninth book that it actually became apparent why him having a relationship with this woman mattered at all, because now he has Kit and everything. Yeah. But I'm like, what was the point of reading books like four <laughs> through six? Because you're ignoring anything you've done in them. Yeah. Other than like these two or three moments that are important, but... That's a fair critique i don't know am i the only one that feels that way no i feel like there were several things that that were not paid off from the middle trilogy i'm, I'm just going to call them by trilogies the middle trilogy i i thought it would have been fun if you know i'm here everybody is hearing everybody else in the galaxy wouldn't it have been fun if like at the very end of the book or something like that or right at the end that naomi hears philip's voice after 30 years or something like that I'm fine that I mean it, it maybe it would have felt a little forced and campy like a like a forced payoff at that but at the same time I feel like there was no payoff at all to Yeah, Naomi got nothing. Yeah. I I feel I don't know. I don't know what I wanted even if Jim had survived and she and Jim had ridden off into the sunset, you know, or whatever. I feel like her getting there was just kind of a holding pattern after after all of her business with the resistance was down she really didn't have any business and she was just riding this wave to the end at, at this point and it heaven, i don't know heaven forbid i i insert any reality into anything but isn't that kind of how careers go anyway we get to the end of a career and everything continues on without us we go to a place where Kinda, yeah, we find it we find a different we make a different reality for ourselves and then I am like, before we started recording, we were making, I was making some rather sarcastic comments about several sarcastic, blatantly (laughs) sarcastic comments about exceptionally snarky (laughs) about Todd and Ken being older than me. (laughs) And so I was about to say, make the comment. I was like, I don't know, Todd, tell us what happens when you get to the end of a career. I haven't gotten there yet. I I will tell you. uh, (laughs) Yeah, you have. Oh. I, I will tell you some things about that, and uh, you probably won't be thrilled was, with some of them. Sorry, I, that's just me being snarky and sarcastic. Well, but but, but and playing I, off an earlier moment that our listeners were not privy to at the moment. Oh, I wish they were though. That was funny. Oh, well, but I so. think I think also you know I I guess you know depending on depending on your willingness to suspend disbelief, I I have every confidence that Naomi would find things to do and find purpose and meaning in life because I've watched others go through that process and handle it just fine. You transition from something into something else and it's okay. So I guess I didn't, I didn't see the same level of, but this isn't reality. It's a book. Sure. And when I, when I end something, especially Naomi's probably one of my favorite characters through this entire series, I want more comfort in knowing that, that she has a path, that she has somewhere that she's going. I mean, yeah. it's not that necessarily that she can't change and do something else. It's just they gave us no hint as to what that even looks like for her without yeah. Jim and everything. Yeah. Like, And she's such a, a strong female character. It's one of those things like 
like with Amos, even he has his moment where, because they ask, he asks about Teresa or something. And we're like, hey, we're not leaving without Teresa. He's like, that's all I needed to know. And so you see, you get moments and glimpses of what his future is going to look like. Did I know he was going to live forever? Not really. But when you got to the epilogue and he's there, I'm like, okay, well, I'm not surprised by it. But you got enough glimpses to know Amos isn't changing. He's he's Amos and he's going to stay Amos. Naomi has had such this huge arc of changing through the series that I need to know what what her new path, where that begins. Sure. So I know as a reader that this character is moving forward with her life. She's going to do something good. She's going to do some any, anything, really. She's going to do something. And I just never got that payoff with her. I, I one never, of the novellas talks about that. That's nice. <laughs> you guys let me know how that goes. And then I'll feel better about Naomi. Uh, I don't know. I just, I'm that type. I get connected to characters and I want to know that they're going to be okay. And I don't yeah. feel like... Yeah. Na- I have any inclination that Naomi is going to be okay. Do I think she's going to be okay? Yeah, probably. Like that's just the way that they've developed her character, but I don't know it and I want just some inkling of that she had something to go home to, that she was going to soul for a purpose, that she had something. Yeah. Anyway, I've like killed this. She like, she went to build New Belter Society. I, That's probably what she did. I she's not going to Earth. Did she not really? Because so. Amos made it sound like the Belters kind of disappeared because that's a dead language that's been gone for thousands of years. Yep. Like That we learned from the linguist. I got I to gotta read that again. I By the time I finally figured out what was going on, I, it, was, it was over. I'm like, oh, I need to figure that out again. I need to reread the epilogue, I think. So when when Naomi, I I I loved. I I recognize that we're unsatisfied, or un un. Uh, we are. We you are can say unanimous. I recognize that you are unsatisfied. Me, me, not you. Me, that I am. You can recognize that. That's okay. Okay, I'll say that. Um, I'm not sure. I'm I'm not sure. I thought about whether I was satisfied. Okay, or not it's with like it. you don't have to okay classify all of us together. It's um, fine. <laughs> but I did. I did love her quote at the end when Amos said, "Are you okay?" Uh, or he says, it's, "You know how you doing?" And she said, she knew he was asking one question, but she didn't want to answer that one. So instead, she answered the other question. Which was, and, and her answer was, I think we got lucky. I think we were one little system in a vast, unreachable universe that was always on the edge of destroying itself. And now we have 1,300 chances to figure out how to live with each other, how to be gentle with each other, how to get it right. It's better odds than we had. Hmm. And I That's really, true. I really, and it, that was one of those moments that I, that made me sit there and say, you know, that's probably the first thing that should be read at every meeting of the United Nations <laughs> to help them understand that we have one chance and we are painfully close to screwing it up all the time. Okay, Eminem. Um, yeah, well, you know, that's what did you just... I said, okay, Eminem, because oh. one shot, do not miss your chance. Yeah, okay. that's kind of the deal. I did yeah. have a quote from Tanaka. Oh, I was going to start quoting Hamilton, the musical. Uh, but... We could do that too. Uh, one of Tanaka's quotes, I didn't have a lot of quotes for and well anyway um when tanaka said uh it was in her thoughts portraits of great war leaders or or critical battles that looked flattering well composed and balanced always felt like propaganda tanaka had spent a lot of time in the halls of power she'd seen many paintings of great men in uniform staring eagle-eyed into the distance where their future glory lay she'd seen very few paintings of soldiers with only a ragged tent and a dying fire to hold back the cold nights before some stranger tried to bayonet them in the morning (laughs) Her, her, um, and that was, of course, during the period of time that she had a connection with the rest of humanity. <laughs> I think if if uh, she had not had that connection with the rest of humanity, it probably would have been a very different kind of a of a quote. Um, but I appreciated that, and I felt that that spoke very much in tandem with this idea of we got a chance to get it right. What? year would you say this took place in i think it's supposed to be like 20 2365 uh i thought it was closer to like 22 all right so 100 years difference yeah from where we are now 
Yeah. About about 150, 200 years from now. From our future. In our future. In our future. Because I just thought it was interesting how much they use, and it's through all of the books that they use very classical references. Yes. To even where we are currently. When they talk about paintings that they've they've watched or poems that they've read and mm-hmm. things I like she just used the term bayonet. Who uses a bayonet anymore? No one. Like, that's true. That's a a very old war instrument to use. Yes, it is. And for her to to say that, I just thought it was kind of interesting through the entire series that that they have chosen very classical, classical. Yeah. art stuff instead of making up their own. I mean, they easily could have made up some new age artist to create this painting and really and they did on a couple they've a lot of it's just all stuff that we would recognize from our yeah. own history that's still it's still relevant there you go <laughs> <laughs> i Ken's think always there to keep us on the straight can make sure our mics are in the right yeah, place that's the as uh, as a good soldier though i expect that she is well versed in classic warfare though so oh, i'm sure she is yeah. So but she probably understands. She's probably read plenty of the days of tents and bayonets and all of that and ground wars. and Yeah. But that she wouldn't relate it to something that, like, her underlings would have gone through or I don't yeah. even know what they would have gone through. I mean, I'm sure that there are soldiers, like, you talk about, like, what Bobby was going through when she was in the military starting out and yeah. they had their crappy, like, they could have easily come up with something, made up something, but chose very classic terms. I feel like she's in a, writing this. Yeah, I, yeah. As a write, like the writers, it was intentional. Very, they were very intentional to make sure that they were connecting it to things that were more likely for us to understand without losing it. And it's all Earth history. Yeah, I mean, these are Martians and Belters and people that. That's true. Why, like, that have obviously this is all Earth's history. So I just thought it was. So I noticed. Look, I noticed something. Cool. Look at you. I, and your complimentary, I think, of it. I have been complimentary of these books. <laughs> I have been. Yes, you have. In spite of how you may have emotionally reacted to Yeah. Them. I feel like Tanaka, just to put a button on this, I feel like Tanaka was a romanticist for the warrior, you know, but in the, in the sense, in the, in the gritty real uh, truth of, of the warrior sense, not the romantic, you know, general staring, yeah. you know, eagle-eyed out to the distance or whatever but she was a romantic for the actual day-to-day slog of being a warrior going through the muck and going through the suck and going you know all of that Mm -hmm. but she was also a really good foil for bobby yeah well bobby was a ground pounder too she was bobby was was very much that same kind of person um from the standpoint of uh a hardcore warrior but bobby came from a place of wanting to live up to things what well and i guess tanaka did too but the oh, yeah. motivations were very different mm-hmm. the starting points were very different and so we got very different conclusions at the end of their lives kind of interesting so uh i'm i'm sure someone is is wondering if there was uh if there were any moments that todd uh <laughs> they weren't wondering if there were any they were wondering which ones <laughs> let's i mean let's say it right so uh, so I finished the book twice. I finished it, um, before our last episode, before we did the last one. And then we agreed, okay, well, let's, let's take a little time. Let's, let's make sure that we've all finished it and let's do it. So I went through and I finished it again. <laughs> and of course you did. Well, of course I did. And, uh, and at both places, the same moment. Cause Todd's going to cry. Cause Todd's going to cry. 49 uh, minutes. <laughs> uh, it was the moment when Naomi looks at Alex after, after, um, after he said, I injected myself with a protomolecule to get myself inside the thing so that somebody can get in there and fi- turn all this stuff off. You mean Jim? Jim. Okay. Yeah. And, and she's, you know, almost speechless. And she goes back to, Alex and she said I found him again yeah I never thought we were I thought we could find him with comfort she said I knew he was broken I knew there were things that were gone and he had another moment in that too where he said he felt like he wasn't he knew that he wasn't whole 
that he lost a big mm-hmm. part of who he was on Laconia through all of that. How could you not, right? Oh yeah. Um, and and she says, and, and she has that moment where she looks at Alex and she says, "I thought we'd get him back. I thought we'd get him back, but no. What gets him back is that he thinks the universe needs him <laughs> more than me." And uh, I was actually yesterday when I got to it. I was in the parking lot at the DMV getting ready to go. That would make my, anyone cry. Getting ready to go have my picture taken for my new driver's license. And I had to sit in the car for an extra three minutes because I was like, I can't go in like this. So now we all know what Todd's driver's license picture looks like. Oh, it's awful. It's really awful. Uh, I don't think my eyes were puffy, but uh, but that was a... That was a, that was, that ranked up there in the moments for me that um, were, again, this idea of, for me, as I'm, as I'm reading, I'm trying to find places that, that make me reevaluate my humanity and make, help me figure out how to be a better human. Um, And this idea that we, we care for each other and we take care of each other and we try and help each other heal. Um what a beautiful thing and then we have to let each other make choices and we may not be always happy with all the choices that are made but my goodness yeah we'll support each other and then right after that i was impressed um with uh the juxta there with the with the um flipping on its head of something that they'd said earlier earlier in the book jim said oh there would be you know he he knew that there were going to be last times. There was going to be a last time that he'd get on the Rosie, a last time that they'd leave a planet, the last time that, you know, last time that they'd see Bobby, last time that any of those things would happen. But most of the time, those last things, those last times, you realize them in retrospect because they were gone, because they never right. happened again, right? And in, and in that one, Naomi said, you know, she looks at Jim and says, buy you as much time as you, we can. And they go their separate ways like they're just going to their duty shifts and they don't pay any attention to it. And she said, how strange to realize that that's the last moment and you just dive into the mundanity of things that have to be done and get them done. Uh, I was very impressed by that writing device um, and at how well executed it was. I was that. So, you know, there I was thinking, <laughs> But then I was, then immediately they catch me with something. And I went, oh, that was really well done. Um, so that was my, that was one of my moments of, of candy joy. Nice. Writing candy joy. How about that? Just funny. Cause the more you talk, the more angry I get about how they ended this book. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't please all the people. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going, oh yeah. That, I remember that moment. Yeah. That was really sweet. Wait a minute. You, you, you see that Oh yeah, that is what he did. Oh, what a dirtbag! Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just processing this all differently now. Going, Maybe it's a good thing that we did this recording before oh. you had a chance to think about it. Yeah, because <laughs> I haven't had a lot of chance to think about anything. So oh, I no. love it. I love it. All right. So, do we have predictions, or I mean, I, just, I predict that the books are over, and that your predictions don't really matter because there aren't anything to be predicted. <laughs> Did we like the linguist at the end? end? No. You were disappointed? No, I don't I don't know. Like I thought it was kind of dumb. Like, okay, great. Humanity's been back together. Someone figured out a way to travel, like travel between worlds. Great. Do you want to know what happens when humanity gets together? We start killing each other. <laughs> <laughs> I love Pretty much I, it. I love when Amos so I, I have to I and I don't know if this is gonna be anything that anybody else is gonna catch. Uh but Amos has the, the, the moment where he walks in and he go, you know, they says, are you the leader? And he's like, I try and help everybody out a little bit every now and again. But, you know, I'm not big into titles. It all depends on why you're here. <laughs> if you're here <laughs> to screw things up, I'm here to make sure you can't. Uh, I'm the guy you have to go through. But there was a there was a for me, uh, a moment that I remembered one of the worst movies in the history of all fantasy science fiction movies ever 
Highlander 2. <laughs> yeah, with the world underneath oh, the yeah. big dome and blah, blah, blah. Yep. But there was a moment, and it was actually at the end of Highlander 1 and the beginning of Highlander 2, when they had Connor McCloud say, you know, I can be inside everybody's heads and I can help them figure out how to work together. Um, and, you know, it's he says, I can't explain it, but I but I think I can help. And and I had that moment where I was thinking, huh, Amos is the one that's helping everybody figure out how to work together. That would be that something be I would want to see. <laughs> uh, and I was thinking, yeah, it probably is as bad as Highlander 2. Yeah. <laughs> hey, they made it that far, so at least there's that. that. I seriously remember nothing about the epilogue. I don't. I remember that there was a linguist and that he met up with Amos. That's it. I don't remember and then where says, they were. Let's go have some beers. That's okay. Yeah. That's really all that happened. And that's pretty much it. You I didn't just, miss much. I don't. I don't even know. You know. I oh, probably looked into it too much. It might. It might be interesting. I mean, to say thousands of years pass and Amos is still here and stuff. That's that's fine. I mean, you would assume maybe Kara and Zan, or Kara and Zan are still there too. Then and the Wonder Twins. Yeah, doing something and who knows? You yeah. know, Jim's probably still controlling the the ring space of the non-existent ring space at the center of the universe you know or <laughs> something i don't know who knows but yeah it just kind of fizzled for me it just ended it's like man done i know tail out if it were a song you know i love the fact that we all kind of see we get to the end and it's like a, a roman candle things going off in totally <laughs> different directions we're all like no, I'm not pretty sure I'm still going in the same direction I started these books in. Well, so. there, there is that. There is that. But with as many as many opportunities as we've given you, I'm not surprised by how consistent you've been in your opinion. And I, yes. I will say that I personally appreciate your willingness to have gone through all of this with us. Thank you. I. I enjoy recording. I enjoy reading. Just didn't enjoy the subject matter. I just, yeah. But you enjoyed us, right? I do. I enjoy talking about it. And it doesn't matter. Like, I think that's one of the fantastic things about being on the podcast and being one of the panelists, especially on a semi-regular basis, is that I don't have to like what we no, read. Don't. And I can feel like yeah. I can have an honest conversation about things that I did enjoy things that I didn't enjoy and that I won't be like, I don't know, shunned by it. I know that we're, we're kind of like that Santa, that fantasy sci-fi world. We get very passionate about the things that we love. Um, I'm married to one of them. <laughs> um, and obviously we all know Craig and his Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. passion yeah. and stuff. Like we all have those, those storylines that those stories that just resonate with us. But I think it's important, too, to have conversations about books that don't resonate with us. And I think that's sure. one thing that I, I've gotten personally out of reading all of these books, especially with people that really do enjoy them. I can be like, OK, I can see where you're coming from. I can see that why you're enjoying this and where where the writing is like I, I'm going to keep reiterating just so I don't get hatred mail or something that like these are well written books. These are good characters that have a place that, I mean, some of them I really, I did grow to care about. And I think that's part of good writing is that as a reader, when you care about who you're reading about, the writers did their job well. Yeah. yeah. And so I can, I can look at that and I can see, yes, this, this is well written. If I found someone that was like, oh, I'm really into a sci-fi stuff. Did you have any books that you could recommend? I'd be like, well, have you read The Expanse? Because it's a good science fiction series Mm -hmm. i do not like science fiction and that is what this book series has really taught me is that i just don't really like science fiction which is fine and that's good and i can still have open conversations so i appreciate being a part of this i know i've been given a lot of crap about it i've complained and rolled my eyes a lot through the series but it's been fun and it's been enjoyable as an overall experience and I think you 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 mentioned something that I'm sure a lot of our listeners relate to, um, because we've seen it in some of the thre- some of the threads on Discord on a number of occasions. That there are some people that 
that feel like we miss huge opportunities with great stuff that they're passionate about. And we're like, yeah, well, you know, for us, it didn't work. Well, and Glad I think it did for you. It's different. I, I think the nice thing about this particular series that we've read is it does not resonate with me. Mm-hmm. And we can talk about it, but it obviously definitely, Todd, resonates with you. Oh, yeah. Where some of our series that we've read, it doesn't resonate with any of us as yeah. readers. And so we discuss it and kind of give it a bad light where we have listeners that are like, but I love this book. And it definitely re- resonates with some of our listeners. And so that's what I've enjoyed about this is that our listeners can can still get a positive side. Sure. The ones that really enjoy this series and love this book as much as you do, Todd, they can hear <laughs> the excitement from you, but it doesn't. I also have a nice opportunity because I can still feel say what I feel without feeling like I'm insulting them. Yeah, yeah. Because they're passionate about it and I'm just, I'm not. And there will probably be things, I can't think of any off the top of my head right now, but there will probably be other things that we will read uh, at some point in time that you'll say, oh wow, this was just the most enjoyable thing that I've ever read and there's a possibility that one of the rest of us will say, yeah, okay, it didn't hit me. Well, and I know that we have listeners out there and I just, I don't know, maybe it's just because we're in that unique situation and I've, I've read through some of the threads on on Discord and Reddit and stuff where they've where some of our listeners might have been a little harsh with some of our critiques. Uh, yeah. And I I just want to like clarify that for me it's not coming out of a place of hatred or it's not coming from a place of wanting to discredit anyone's preferences or enjoyments because I know that my my passions in books that I have read that there are some like I will forever enjoy reading a Regency romance and there mm-hmm. are plenty of people like <laughs> Ken who <laughs> might Whatever. not I love it. understand that and it's there then that's fine and so I just don't want it's hard sometimes to I don't want to say hear hatred from our listeners because I get it like we are we are passionate people and it's fantastic and I love it but at the same time, I love getting honest feedback about where my opinions lie with yeah, other yeah. people without feeling like I'm being criticized for my opinions. And I think that, like like I keep saying, this that's the nice thing about this particular series is that we have two panelists and Ken's in the middle that are just so on Polar opposites. two opposite yeah. ends of it as opposed to all of us being like, oh, I loved this so much and you get all of the yeah. excitement or all of us feeling like, and eh, this wasn't really our book. And so we don't have the excitement. So our listeners feel that obviously. Yeah. And so I, I don't know. Like, and I think that's fair. <laughs> I rambled a uh, lot. I'm sorry about it's that. All right. Don't apologize. Sorry for rambling. I, I think, but I think it also, one of the things that I really like that we've been able to do, um, both with this series and with others, um, except when Craig's around, is <laughs> that we're very civil about it. Um we don't really call each other names <laughs> except when Craig's around. Yeah. And, um, and, and we, and we do recognize in each other that there are different things that we will resonate with. And it's, and we've been very respectful. I'm glad that we've yeah. been very respectful about each other's positions on those. It's and our great. listeners are too. I don't want to make it sound uh, yeah. like we have like hate mail coming yeah. no, or no, whatever no. from our listeners. Cause I adore our listeners and yeah. I've met several of them and they are, fantastic people and some of them disagree with us and most of the time they're they disagree without being disagreeable and yes it's just, and well, it's, it's fantastic it's, it's already great. been wildly acknowledged or uh, uh, universally acknowledged that our discord is the friendliest it really place is on the i internet. love i love our really listeners so, and and truth is i mean we as a microcosm and we in the greater sense are very passionate about what we like and very passionate about what we don't like <laughs> And that's okay and we because we can have, back. yeah. And but it's okay because at the same time we can have respect for what somebody else likes or don't like. I've found myself several times saying, "It's like, you know what? I thought that was stupid. That's me." And yeah. I will tell you, respect. you're wrong. If you like it, and that's it's fine. fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I've said that too, actually. <laughs> I've heard that. I have said that too. It's yeah. like, no, you can you can like that, and I can acknowledge the fact that it's garbage. And you're still wrong. Yeah. And it's fine, Ken. It's it's fine. <laughs> no. And before so. we really go off the rails. 
Um, I love you. I, do we need Do we need last thoughts? I think we've kind of. I think we pretty I, much I, last thought like ourselves. Those are my last thoughts. We've I don't really have job. anything else to say. What I are we reading could. next? What are we reading next? I could have lots of things to say, just probably not necessarily about this book. <laughs> or the well, series. Uh, Ken and I have been talking about reading the novellas. Oh, don't spoil it. Um, you right. just they're asked. Gonna, they're going to know in like 40 <laughs> seconds after watching the episode anyway. All right, whatever. Um, so there's a possibility that that's coming. Um, and I have mentioned, uh, Craig has a plan for me. That's terrifying. Oh, it was geez. a little. I'm sorry. Uh, in conjunction with my effort to get through the wheel of time. Right. Which... Uh, is getting rapidly closer. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. I'm not sure when exactly I'm going to start that. I think it'll be this spring. Uh, you know, so uh, in, in probably about six to eight weeks, we'll see what happens. Personally, I'm going to try to drag Megan back in here and see if Megan and Stephanie will spend some time with me and read the Parasol Protector because I love it so much. Wow. It's like if you... <laughs> There is such a difference. If you heard what he said and you're listening to our podcast, it really does sound like Ken is really excited about this book series. However, if you're watching us on YouTube where you can actually see Ken's face, <laughs> his face tells a different story. I feel like my you voice might, told the story. You might no, wonder. you actually sounded really excited to read the Protectorate, the you Parasol Protectorate series. I'm going to be honest. I read the first book and I didn't hate it. I read the second book. I didn't hate it. Didn't? But you know what it. I? But you know what I love? Hanging out with you and Stephanie, or you and Megan. I know, me and Megan are pretty awesome. I do love that. Welcome to the ladies of the legendary. We'll we'll make that happen because it was a good conversation and we need to re-record that episode after we had some technical difficulties Yeah, and couldn't air it. Cool stuff. Let's make that happen. We're going to make that happen and then Todd's going to be on his own lone journey. Through the wheel of time. Through the wheel of time. Like the warrior monk. mm, What? Like Todd Mandragoran. (laughs) <laughs> that's actually really good yeah i'm frightened just a little no that was that was that was a really good anyway well should we call it good oh it's good i mean i could keep talking anyone want others, to hear? others might not call it good but we can call it stephanie I think we can it good. keep talking stephanie stephanie's been in a hole in the wall for stephanie. the last week <laughs> you're awesome thank you stop talking <laughs>